2: Hello everyone, welcome along to this special edition of Roadways Radio. It is the RB32 preseason series. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Today's episode is going to focus on the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I'll be joined by JP Shadrick of Jaguars.com and the Jacksonville Jaguars Radio Network to discuss all things Jags. You can follow JP on Twitter at JP Shadrick, and he'll be joining me in just a moment to talk about the running back situation down in Jacksonville. We'll be talking about the quarterbacks. As Blake Bardo is Blake Bortles the long-term option for this team? The Ends as well with Austin Safari and Jenkins. We touched on the defense, and we also will be talking about this wide receiver core, which is a little bit tough to decipher at the moment. But we'll be looking for JP to give us some guidance as to what way he expects it to shake out once the season starts. Before we get to JP, I want to let you all know that you can get a thirty percent discount to a Road of his NFL pass through the Road of his podcast page. That is Rodovis forward slash podcast. Your subscription will give you unlimited access to all of our NFL content and tools, and best of all, it supports the pod. The deal is pretty awesome getting that 30% off and with the apps and the tools up on the site and Dave Cabin at the moment has out a new suite of apps as well that you can get access to with the projection machine and so many other great tools over there. So it is a perfect time with the season approaching and it is the pre-season so many articles going up on a daily basis you'll be able to get so much information to help you with your fantasy team's this season so head on over to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast get yourself that 30% discount and make your fantasy team better in 2018 for those of you who don't know Rotaviz is a sports data and analytics site that publishes over 1000 articles per year and has a suite of more than 20 proprietary apps so to check out all that good stuff head on over to rotaviz.com to check out the site and with that said i think it's time to start talking jacksonville jaguars let's get jp on the show Delighted to be joined back on the show now by J.P. Shadrick of Jaguars.com and the Jaguars Radio Network and uh, anytime I look to get any news regarding the Jacksonville Jaguars, it's always J.P. that I go and get it off. J.P., how you doing, my man?
3: Uh, I'm doing great. It's uh, good to be back with you again. Always nice to speak with you. It always means that uh, football is right around the corner when uh, we're on this podcast.
2: Yeah, for for sure it does. And uh, with, uh, obviously, we'll take a little bit of a look back to the 2017 season first for the Jaguars. It was their first winning season in a decade, so obviously a lot of good positive vibes going around uh, with the Jaguars, but a lot of that was based on the defence, Jalen Ramsey, Claes Campbell and so on having big, big seasons for the team and that was their first year with the team. So when we look at what has been done and basing it on the defence, I guess we'll get the comment on the defence out of the way first. Uh, Certainly one of the best in the league and you know expected to dominate again in 2018 but is that as much as we can kind of say about it expected to be similar again probably not as efficient as they were last year as you know it was just uh, off the chart some of the efficiency metrics that they were putting up but how do you expect the defense to go is it pretty much the same as last year
3: uh, well, I mean, the the personnel's pretty much the same, I'll say that. They lost uh, Aaron Coleman in free agency. He's over in Houston now. But other than that, everybody else is back around. So this is kind of the window for that defense. They they made a huge statement last year. Uh, they got some pass rush going. Calais Campbell had a fantastic year, of course, uh, first-team All-Pro. And then you brought in, uh, you know, Malik Jackson, who's been playing well. He had a good season last year. Uh, The the pass rushers on the outside, Yannick Ngakwe took a step up. Uh, Dante Fowler found some positive things as the season went on, and they they feel like he's going to have a a better year this year. And then you you traded for Marcel Darius and brought him in the middle, and, and towards the end of that season, that helped the run defense a lot. Linebackers played great, of course. Uh, Paul Pazlesny's out of here now. That's another big difference on defense. So Miles Jack will move over to the middle linebacker spot full-time. Uh, and, of course, secondary is back. And uh, those guys will tell you how good they are. They'll go be good, and then they'll tell you about it after. So when when you have three levels of defense like that, Uh, and most of the guys back, I think they feel like they left a lot of things out there last year, even with the numbers they put up. So I expect an even better performance uh, from this defense statistically and results-wise as well.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of swagger around those guys, and you mentioned as well uh, with Marcel Darius, the one question mark in around this defense in the midpoint of the season was the run game, and uh, down the stretch they really shored that up. One thing about this Jaguars defense last year was the ability to stay healthy, and usually that's something that kind of doesn't stay as positive as it was for the Jaguars last year with the amount of injuries that happened in the game. But we'll have to see how that goes in 2018 for them. But if the defence is as dominant again, you know, it won't really provide the team with a lot of motivation to throw the ball. We've seen how heavy they went on the run game last year, relied a lot on Leonard Fournette. But is that the plan? And with this passing game being led by Blake Bartles? you know, they extended him uh, towards the end or early in this off season and uh, what is the luck at the quarterback position for this year and then beyond it? Is it a case of looking at Bordels two years down the line or do you think unless things step up this could be the final year and do you see any possibility of there being a you know a quarterback controversy at some stage this season?
3: Well, let's start with Blake. He's a quarterback of this football team, uh, and he was that last year. He won the job uh, you can remember last year in training camp, uh, before last season, it was up in the air. They they let Chad Henney start the third preseason game, so there was a lot of question marks there. He won the job, and then as the season went on, you could tell he was getting a little more comfortable with with the offense again, uh, and he signed the contract extension in this offseason. So, uh, in this offseason program, a few months, you know, a couple months ago, OTAs. You could just tell, like it was his team, Uh, the way he walked in the field, the way he controlled the huddle, the way he changed things at the line of scrimmage. Not just his team, but his offense. You know, it's it's the same playbook now for the second year in a row. He really hasn't had that in his career yet. So he's able to get much deeper into it now, make checks and do changes and everything without really having to think about it, just reacting to what he sees so that's a huge step for him so uh, he's the quarterback and he's going to be the quarterback here for the foreseeable future i don't think that's going to change now that said this is a running offense uh they they, they were the best team on in the run game in, in the nfl last year by statistics but there was a field you know late in the season especially that they didn't have the ability to run when they needed to at times you know there were there were times late in the season or in the playoff game and in the, in the AFC Championship game against the Patriots. They could have run for three first downs and killed the clock and won the football game, but they couldn't do it. Uh, and I don't, that's not a, I don't know if it's a Fournette issue it, or an offensive line issue, it's a collective issue. So they made some changes on the O line this year. They They brought in Norwell, the all pro guard from Carolina. Um, they'll see what happens on the right side. Everybody else is pretty solid there, they feel. So bring in a, a big, nasty dude up front. I uh, have a healthy Leonard Fournette. They're going to run the football, pound it out, throw off the run. And that's what this offense is going to be, no matter what they paid or how, for how long they paid the quarterback. They're, this is a running team. There's no doubt about that.
2: Yeah, and I think I guess we'll just jump into the running backs now and talk about it. Like, Fournette's season as a whole, when you look at the numbers, uh, for. Or, uh, 1,040 yards and then 9 touchdowns in only 13 games played. At the start of the season he started really strong. 99 yards per game and 4 Point five eight per carry over those first six games but as the season wore on you mentioned the injuries getting a little bit beat up he has had the ankle injury heading all the way back to his time at college at LSU so what the season going on in those last couple of games like you mentioned that average dipped 3.9 yards per carry which was you know nearly a yard lower than the rest of his teammates uh, were able to put up so you look at that the, you mentioned kind of the combination between him and the offensive line you mentioned the offensive line hopefully have ensured some things up this offseason do you think uh, you know he's gonna be back healthy Do you think that's something that we need to worry about for 2018 or do you think that's something that's uh, you know in the past now that ankle injury is fully healed
3: yeah i think he's good to go i don't know if it's going to be a long-term nagging thing for him you gotta remember you know last year else he was hurt and then he goes into the pre-draft process without much time to to have a break to get it right he uh, comes into the season healthy, then tweaks that ankle, and then, and there's no time to get it healthy during the season. So he's kind of had to roll with it. Uh, once that ankle injury happened, he put on a little bit of weight, too. That's the other issue. He couldn't do the, the stuff during the week but between games to, to stay right. So, And he said that this offseason that he was, you know, 235 pounds, which... He, at LSU, he played at 224, so he's close to that now. He says he's close to that. He looks a little trimmer in this offseason, so maybe bring the weight down a little bit. The ankle seems fine, he says, and go with that. I think it is a combination, though. I mean, it was definitely the O-line and him being a little bit banged up and, and not being able to really have that push he had early in the season. So with him uh, trimming up a little bit, and healthy, I think he's going to be—he's the running back for the football team. You'll—you'll you'll see some Yeldon, you'll see some more Corey Grant this year, uh, but it's Leonard Fournette. I mean, he's going to be your bell cow, and I think he's healthy and ready to roll.
2: Yeah, and uh, you know, that's something that a lot of people mislead uh, when they look at these players in the NFL. A lot of the time, if you pick up that injury in the middle of the season, it is pretty much impossible to shake it off as the season progresses. It just kind of gets worse and worse, and you can't get it 100% healthy. But you mentioned there TJ Elton and Corey Grant, and of course, Chris Ivory was in this backfield last year, but now he's up in Buffalo. So, it's an interesting dynamic with the two of those guys. You know, uh, Grant is a very explosive player. You know, he carried the ball 30 times last year, and that there was able to produce 248 yards, two touchdowns, and three of his 68 career carries have gone for more than 50 yards so both on special teams and as a runner he has been a very explosive playmaker Yellen's a player who I've liked throughout his career and from when he came out of college but he just hasn't ever been truly consistent whether that be with injuries or just when he has had that opportunity do you expect that to be kind of an even split between the two of them behind Fournette Fournette being the lead dog and the two of them both getting an opportunity or do you think it's a case that one of them wins out that uh, second spot in camp
3: yeah, I think it's a little bit of a combination. I don't know if there's a true number two. It probably depends on the situation more than anything with this offense. Uh, Yeldon, you know, he, in his spot duty last year when Leonard was out middle of the season there, played well. He had a 100-yard game in Indianapolis and and, and did some good things and, and was a good backup guy to have around uh, Leonard Frenette. You know, different kind of style, which was nice. And as you mentioned, Corey Grant has that blazing speed once he gets out in the open. Uh, you know, he could take it at the distance pretty much from anywhere on the field. And, you know, he you know he had, what, three touches or so early in that AFC Championship game, Corey Grant did, where they got him outside, and, and that was a problem for New England. And there was a feel that they didn't really go back to that in the second half for some reason and left some, some meat on the bone, if you will, uh, with that offense in the AFC Championship game. So uh, with him signing his tender and, you know, He's become, of all things, think about this, Corey Grant, by salary this coming season only, is the eighth highest-paid running back in the league this year. <laughs> he's getting paid more this year than Leonard Fournette is this year. So, so with all that money going out, guess what? I think they're going to use Corey Grant a little bit more, right? Uh, uh, use him in the run games, shifty. He can. He's starting to figure out side-to-side stuff. He used to be just a straight-ahead sprinter. But uh, you know, get him outside, do some things with it. I think he's going to be a real, a real key for this offense that a lot of people might not realize is Corey Grant.
2: Yeah, and uh, you know, the, he's just a mismatch for any linebacker. You know, once they get him split out, like you mentioned in the AFC Championship yep. game, just uh, pretty much no chance uh, they're going to be able to keep up with him. Uh, th- it's an interesting team because of that dynamic at running back. A lot of teams are trying to have those more options behind the lead dog and be able to have it, you know, so they can spread the work around. And obviously, as I mentioned already, injuries do happen. And a, a position group that's very interesting for the Jaguars this year because there's there seems to be a lot of depth in it, but there's no real standouts in it. I, I think Marquise Lee. Looks like he's poised for a breakout year. If you look at what he's done previously, and then this offseason, they signed him to a four-year contract worth $38 million, $18 million guaranteed. They let Alan Robinson go, which was a little bit of a surprise to some people. He figures to be the number one receiver in this receiving core. but they also have taken in Dante Moncrief as a free agent, then they have D.D. Westbrook as a second-year player, who those big things expected off, and then they've taken this year DJ Chark in the second round. And then if we even look at last year, with so many injuries on this team, Keelan Cole and Jalen Mickens had pretty some big, pretty big plays in uh, 2017. So when we look at it for 2018, how do you see it breaking out? I think Marquise Lee is that number one, and then I think D.D. Westbrook and uh, you know, Moncrief are kind of the one behind that. But how do you see it shaking out? It's, it's really one that I think Camp will make clear, but at this moment in time, how do you think the team's planning?
3: That's a good question because yeah,
2: I don't I don't know if there is a
3: true number one on this football team. You know, I, I think it's a handful of number twos, which is okay. You know, that makes them, everybody. Uh, you have to cover all those guys equally, you know. If they're, if they're all kind of the same level type of guy, you don't have like a a six foot five, two hundred and thirty pound monster. You don't have a Megatron, you know. That that those guys don't really come around. There's no Julio Jones on this football team.
2: It's starting to remind me a little bit of the New England Patriots. Just get as many guys in and see how it works out. <laughs>
3: Right. And, you know, pick a spot for them. They have a role and, and they're going to play that role and be fine. Right. So the young guys, last. us start with those guys. I mean, Keelan Cole had a fantastic rookie season. Uh, you feel like, you know, if he can put on a little bit of weight, I think that's what they want to do with him Is is he's just a real skinny guy, you know, put on a little weight. They feel like he can be a guy here for a long time um dd westbrook came in later in the season after his injury early in the year and, and played well in spots uh, late in the season in the playoffs they like his potential moving ahead and as you said uh, marquise lee uh, you know if you said two years ago that he would have been the one here this season and not Allen hearns and Allen robinson you'd have been nuts because he was always hurt he's banged up he's not on the field he's this but he's the one here and that's how fast things can change in the NFL that Hearns and, and Allen Robinson are out of here, and Marquis Lee is the is basically the oldest receiver on this uh, roster right now. It's just crazy to think about. He was just drafted four years ago, you know. And then you bring in uh, Dante Moncrief in in free agency, and they feel like he can be a guy that has the potential to, to be close to that number one guy. But he's just been banged up a bit. They had the quarterback issues in Indianapolis, so there's some inconsistency in the offense there. All that combined for him not to have fantastic numbers in Indy, but uh, his metrics and everything he's done, you know, from college, you know, if you if you go to the the combine and all that stuff, uh, off the charts. So if he's healthy, um, that could be a good steal for this for this office. Now don't forget, we're talking wide receivers and everything, but the star I think of the off season. One of the stars, one of the main ones, is the new tight end, Austin Safarian (laughs) Jenkins. You're getting there before me. (laughs) I'm just telling you, man. I mean, the receivers are great and all, but having that that wrinkle in this offense is going to be a huge difference for Blake.
2: Yeah, and uh, you mentioned, uh, before we get to ASJ, you mentioned Lee being the oldest uh, wide receiver in this offense. This team is really, really young on both sides of the ball. And I actually didn't mention Horns going to the Cowboys when you look at how much change has happened in this wide receiver room. But you did mention the tight end, and that's a guy who I've been talking a lot about this offseason. Obviously, they let Mercedes Lewis go. He's now with the Packers. But he's primarily a blocking tight end when you look at it that way. The team has signed Safarian Jenkins and Niall Paul in free agency. ASJ is not as good a blocker as um, Mercedes Lewis but he's a major upgrade in terms of a receiving threat and the athletic ability that he has shown even though with the the Jets last year it wasn't as much as we had seen maybe in his early time with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers but seems to have cleaned up his act off the field he's got his life back on track he had those issues earlier in his career but I expect him to be a major major part of this offense uh, and I think you kind of hinted at it do you agree?
3: I do and just seeing it in the off season you can tell there's a little bit of chemistry forming in this offense with him. It's hard to find a blocking tight end as good as Mercedes Lewis. He's among the best in the league and has been over the years. So that'll be tough to replace. But they feel like that Safarian Jenkins can get in there and and at least stick his nose in there and give it the good old college try, you know, and and be a willing blocker, if you will, you know. Um, So you have to be willing to go try to do it and do it in this offense uh, because the running offense. But his ability down the field is, I think, much more consistent, let's say, than Mercedes Lewis. Mercedes would have a breakout game here or there and have a, a long gainer occasionally, but it wasn't. Game in and game out, he was a threat, you know. Uh, Safarian Jenkins, at least so far, has shown that he can be that that kind of two way a blocking tight end, but really get down the field and open up the middle of the field for this offense. Now it's Paul, you know, he had his moments in Washington where he filled in and did some things well, but for for this football team, he is primarily on the special teams right now, and he'll he'll have some offensive time. There's no doubt, but uh, he's here. He was a, he was a special teams ace in Washington, and I, I think that's going to be. Uh, mainly his role here but he's had a good off season too seeing him run around the field that's good to see so yeah some changes in the tight end room after you know you think about it for the you know last 20 years of this football team you've had two basically two starting tight ends Kyle Brady and Mercedes Lewis and now Lewis is gone so you're on to the next one for the first time in a while uh it's a big change for for the Jaguars
2: yeah and this team just uh, you know i mentioned earlier the defense was so healthy last year and they were so good if that does take a step back we might see a lot more out of this offense this year and there is certainly parts in place to be able to see that this year but jp as always it's been a, a lot of great information provided by yourself and it's always a pleasure having you aboard the show thanks once again
3: oh thanks for asking me it's always uh, my pleasure to be on with you thanks a lot
4: Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited.
2: Once again a special thank you to J.P. Shadrick for jumping aboard the show and talking to us giving us his thoughts on the team for this upcoming season. You can follow him on Twitter at J.P. Shadrick. With him being around the team on a daily basis it gives you a great insight into some of the stuff going on. He breaks a lot of news around the team so definitely an account that I would highly recommend following if you're interested in any of the latest injury news or any of the latest team news around the Jaguars. J.P. is definitely a one to follow so again that is J.P. Shadrick. So with what JP said, I think it's time to try and break down uh, what I expect to happen with this Jaguars team as we head towards the season. For any of you who've been following me on Twitter over the last couple of months, you'll know that Austin's Ferry and Jenkins is a prime target for me and uh, with what JP said I think uh, you know it gave me a little bit uh, probably a little bit too much excitement uh, heading into the rest of this recording so uh, let's talk a little bit about the team and what I expect from a fantasy football perspective. I mentioned the possibility of the defense uh, having a little bit of a regression they were so healthy last year in 2017 they allowed the fewest passing yards on the season Uh, they also second in total points allowed just 268 they were second in takeaways with 33 and second in sacks with 55 and and tied for first in defensive touchdowns. so i expect them still to be a top 10 unit in 2018 i do expect that regression to be there they stayed incredibly healthy throughout the season two and you know with the injuries in the nfl that's something that doesn't tend to happen a large majority of their defensive key players played uh you know, pretty much the vast majority of snaps all season long. Mentioned as well, Alan Robinson's gone. Alan hearns has gone. Free saying they did sign Dante Moncrief and DJ Chart. That's a second round picked again. They have Alan Lazard as an undrafted free and So there's a lot of interesting things. If you look at the combine, of those two guys, both top three in terms of freak score uh, at the combine, so. It's just an interesting group. And then again, Marquise Lee and D.D. Westbrook, Keelan Cole in there. It is a little bit crowded. So when we look at it, and to do all this, I've pulled in Austin and Jenkins too, who I am very excited about heading into the season. And to check what I think their stats and opportunities are going to be this year, you have to take a little bit of a look at Blake Bordeaux. I expect him to want to run the ball again, as I've mentioned already. But I think if you look at what he did last year, he finished as a top fifteen quarterback on the season, even after all the stuff that we have, you know, grown to know about Bardles. One thing he has been over his career is he's produced fantasy points, but you know, the last two seasons have been a lot less than what he did previous to that. But uh, you know, I still expect him to help this team this year. I've been projected for five hundred and twenty-seven pass attempts on the season, and uh, I think that's you know pretty pretty standard going forward the average quarterback in the NFL is going to throw over 500 passes and he threw over 500 last year I expect him just to creep over what he did last year and at 527 passes so then when you're splitting those targets around you know you have to look into the running backs and you have to look into all the pass catching options based on that on the season I have Marquise Lee leading up with the most targets out of this team I've him penciled in for 109 targets on the season then the one that will surprise a lot of people is Austin Tafarian Jenkins I think they will use this tight end a lot more this year and I've been projected for 81 targets on the season next up then Dante Moncrief 76 targets DD Westbrook 69 I think Leonard Fournette then is going to get a little bit of work in the passing game Uh, with the injuries last year he didn't have as many targets as some people might have thought would happen but this season he's penciled in in my book for 55 then we have Chark I think it's gonna be a case of some one of these may break out you know you have Westbrook and Chark and Cole one of these may break out and you know dominate out of these uh, targets but at the moment with how things are projected this is the way that I have them standing out chart with 42 then Yeldon comes in with 41 keelan cole 31 and you know if you look at keelan cole a lot of people were probably you know early in the off season projecting him for a larger role this season a lot of his work did come with the injuries to lee and horns towards the end of the season and obviously alan, alan robinson missed the entire season so he got a lot of work when there wasn't a lot else going on around it so i think that he's going to have a, a large regression this year in terms of his opportunity uh, then with Nides Paul, I've him penciling for 15 targets and Corey Grant targeted for 18 times. I think the Grant and Yeldon things are very interesting. One to see how it goes and shakes out. Again, if one of them wins the job, it'll make it a lot clearer. But at this moment in time, I still have Yeldon a little bit ahead of him and the pecking order heading into the season. So the, the projected total for Jenkins, I mean that 81 targets, is the second highest in the season and it might Look a little bit high but you know if we listen to what JP said and how good he's looked uh, the best season if you go back in terms of with Blake Bortles and a tight end was with Julius Thomas a couple of seasons ago 2015 he had 46 receptions on 80 targets that finished as tight end 18 he only played in 12 games that season and the next year was another injury ravage campaign for Thomas uh, but he did finish with 51 targets and 30 catches in just nine games so if you look at you know full seasons over those two years it isn't all that high but his per game numbers when he was healthy do give uh, somewhat of a, a nice opportunity if you look ahead to what I'm expecting for Austin Tafari and Jenkins this season because based on those Thomas numbers if he had played the full season doing the sample size over on rodovis.com and the game splits up uh, he averaged 100 target full season pace in those two shortened years in Jacksonville so I think definitely a, an upgrade over uh, what they had with Lewis and I expect him to have that opportunity I think as well if you look at where he's going in drafts at the moment you know he's very very easy target to get in those uh, kind of later rounds and the double digit rounds and I think if you're stashing him as your second tight end on a roster or even as your first tight end if you're waiting on tight end I think there's huge value there and I own him on quite a number of my dynasty rosters too picked him up uh, over the last kind of couple of months I had him on some rosters last year he was a big DFS play for me and. Uh, anyone that played with him in DFS last season will know that you know he could have had a lot bigger season with three touchdowns turned over. There was the one against the New England Patriots. A lot of people will remember. So there's a couple of ones that could have went either way for him there. And he did disappoint last year, uh, just 7.1 yards per catch. And just, he didn't look as athletic last year. But if you look at what he did, you know, and his uh you know pre NFL scores coming in, he's six foot five. He's 262 pounds. He ran a four, five, six 40 yard dash so you know he has a freak score of 93 based on all that so it is still impressive if he can shake off those cobwebs and uh, have all things round to go for the start of the season and of course still only being 25 years old makes him uh, an asset in dynasty if you can try and acquire him if you're as confident in him as i am heading into the season i expect a big workload for leonard Fournette. there's no out there i expect him to have over 300 carries i've been for 306 carries in the season if he hits that target and stays healthy should be a lock for a thousand yards and i've been for 1147 yards and 10 touchdowns like when you get in close to the goal line they're going to try and punch it in with him more often than not when it gets to the rushing attempts again i have yelled and just slightly ahead of Corey grant I have Yeldon down for 69 carries and Corey Grant down for 46 carries on the season. So it's obviously uh, a main man show with Leonard Fournette, but then when you look at uh, Yeldon and Corey Grant. Uh, again if one of them suffers an injury there is a nice opportunity there as well i think it's going to become a lot clearer as we get closer to the season how this is going to really shake out with the wide receivers and then with that backup running back pair but as jp mentioned i think the running backs are going to stay as they are barring an injury it's going to be kind of a split behind fournette and then it's going to be very very intriguing to see how Montcrief fits in how dd westbrook can step forward in the second season I'm excited to see what they can do again. If there was a different quarterback there, obviously Cody Kessler's the backup quarterback, but if there was a different quarterback there, I think we'd be very, very excited. You know, if there was a Kurt Cousins there, or even a Tyrod Taylor, there'd be a bit more excitement. But, uh, I think Blake Bortles will have enough opportunities to uh, try and support some of these and make them viable fantasy football assets in 2018. But for me, if I'm looking at who I want uh, in Dynasty, I have quite a bit of D.D. Westbrook in my legs and I'm still excited to see what he does this year. I was a big Dante Moncrief fan earlier in his career, but he he kind of has had his trouble staying healthy and then um, just with the quarterback situation in Indianapolis, it hasn't been all rosy there. So we'll see if he can bounce back this season. So there's it's going to be fascinating how it works out, but for me, Austin Taffarian Jenkins is the guy to own, and I have quite a few uh, dynasty leagues where I have TJ Alden from over the years. So I've kind of picked up Corey Grant off the waiver wire uh, a couple of months back. So if anything happens for Net, there is um, those two guys locked in there as well. So what that kind of wraps up what I expect to happen with this Jacksonville Jaguars offense in 2018. Uh, I am more excited than some about it. I think there's opportunities there to to get a little bit excited to uh, try and get some pieces that mightn't be costing as much as they maybe should be costing based on who the quarterback is. Go grab yourself some Jags, get yourself some values and uh, really and truly that's going to do it for today's episode of the show. This has been the Jacksonville Jaguars edition of the RV32 series. If you agree with me on some of my calls in this show, or if you don't agree with me, hit me up on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Let me know your thoughts. I always like to get into some interactions there and uh, share our thoughts on uh, our fantasy football opinions for the upcoming season. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. My guest today was JP Shadrick of Jaguars.com. You can follow him on Twitter at JP Shadrick. Make sure you check out the rest of the recap series. It has been fantastic so far, and it's going to get more and more episodes up as we get closer to the NFL season. So with all that said, all's left to do is have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Rotovis RV32 preseason preview series. Please rate and review the Rotovis Radio podcast channel on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovisradio at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at Rotovis Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotovis at a 30% discount through the Rotovis Radio homepage, rotovis.com forward slash podcast.
1: Pity the innermost nesting doll and her lot in life.
4: The wait is finally over. Knotfest Roadshow is back. October 13th, Jiffy Lube Live. Featuring Slipknot. With Killswitch Engage, Beaver 333, and Code Orange. Tickets on sale now at LiveNation.com, part of the Metris Warehouse Concert Series.
5: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance.